Hello everyone, welcome back to the US Podcast Season 2, Episode 6. Uh, we've got another interview this week. Rita Buita? Have I... Tell me if I've butchered that horribly. Um, no. Yeah, Shauna, if you would like to introduce Rita to everyone. So today we're joined by Rita, who's a junior designer at Alvir, um, working in finance, but with background in climate change activism and conceptual research design, studying at UAL. So Rita, yeah, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So my background's in graphic design. I've been working not for so long, but at the same time, I'm working in commercial projects. I'm also working as a climate leader role, so trying to understand what are the bridges of graphic design in those worlds. Fun little challenge. Do this. It's all yeah. So really, I'm just going to fire them off as quick as you can. Just say your answer. You've got 60 seconds. Let's go. Okay. Three, two, one. What is your education level? A higher level. Where did you study? University of the Arts London, London College of Communication. What was your very first job? Uh, freelance graphic design. Where are you from? Portugal. Favorite smell? Uh, roses. Dream career? Uh, I don't know. Uh, your favorite food? Um, pizza. The last person you called? My mom. Your favorite word in another language? Soldad in Portuguese. Uh, best creative advice you've ever heard? Uh, sink in everything that you get from other people. And your favorite font? Uh, Helvetica. <laughs> Drop it in there. Just got it in in time, we'll say. Should we say? Is a good choice. Okay. So how many, how many was that? So why did you actually decide to go to university in the first place? I think it was always an option because in Portugal, when you do high school, you know, I do. I did feel back then that as someone that was doing an art background, it would be very helpful for me to go to university and to educate myself more on the area and to also understand in which area would I expertise myself. Mm -hmm. And then you went to UAL in the UK. What was the reason why you chose that uni and the UK from Portugal? Uh, well, back then as a teen, I was not very satisfied with the Portuguese educational system, especially regarding how Portugal sees art and like design backgrounds. So in school you pick, you have like four distinct areas that you can go like science, economics, literature, like languages and like art. And then you can do professional courses in which you don't have to go to university and I went to like art, but I did feel like everything was very um, objective. You had to have like a drawing exam, which for me makes no sense since like art and design, they can be objective, but they're very subjective at the same time. So back then when I was 18, I was like really upset at the whole system and go. I wanted to go abroad. At first, I wanted to go to the US, which was very difficult so I, I have heard from like someone that I knew that studied at UAL back in the early 2000s. And it just sounded so amazing that I just I just went for it. And I applied for a foundation year at Camberwell, Chelsea and Wimbledon, which I got in. And that's how like I progressed. Oh, brilliant. What, so that foundation degree, was that in the same sort of field as your university degree at UAL? Yeah, we first, for the first six weeks, we did like, um, we experimented various areas. I did realize really soon that I would suck as a painter because I, I was really bad at it. So I just, it was really easy to kind of narrow down. I had other areas that I was really interested in, but my tutors back then were really passionate about graphic design. And they made me realize that, you know, graphic design is a world of possibilities. So I just, I just went into it. I feel like everyone you speak to has a different sort of university experience, one in their subject and in the actual university life. So I feel like for someone who is listening, who hasn't actually gone to uni and is looking to go into graphic design, what was your experience like? If I had to go back, I'd do it all over again. I loved my university experience, especially going into uh, like arts 
graphic design background. It was lovely. You learn so much from so many people, not only regarding like design and art in general, but also about life. Everyone has such different stories. And it's just where a mix of cultures like get together. And it was just a lovely experience overall. What was the culture change like? Because that always interests me because I was thinking of going abroad for my degree and that's what kind of put me off. It was like the culture change. But I guess for some people that is that is a positive. It was a huge culture change. Like I, w I moved out of my mom's house to live by myself and to live with other people. It was that whole shock of like, oh, no, now I'm going to have to share a room mm -hmm. And going into uni, I hadn't had, like, I knew how to speak in English, but I hadn't had proper, like, grammar classes, doing, like, all the essays and everything was such a shock. But also knowing that there's a lot of people in my situation like me, and, you know, UAL has a lot of, like, foreign students, it was just, it made it easier because we were all on the same boat. We all had the same experience, and we were all there for the same sort of you know, thing, which is to get like an education in that specific field. And even like knowing people from other universities who are not doing art and like design, everyone was in the same place. So it was just, you know, the cultural background was a shock. But for me, it was just, it mo motivated me more. And now when I look back, it's such a cool story to tell everyone. Yeah, of course. That's how I felt going to uni. I know I'm from England and I went to uni in England. Uh, but it was just so nice being in a place where everyone is also like, what have I got myself into? Like your parents leave, you're there on your own. You're like, oh, what, where am I? But no, it's, it's definitely something which I would recommend to go to uni for sure. So on the flip side, what was your biggest struggle at university? Again, with the degree and with the actual uh, lifestyle. I think London, you kind of have to set your expectations. So talking about like the life side of it, at first you think it's going to be like, you know, wonderful, no like downsides to it. And then when you go to it, I had a phase where I like, I absolutely hated London. And then I got to that like normal point where, you know, your expectations are, you know, you love London, you also hate it, but it's home and it feels like such a nice place to be. Uh, regarding university, it was like, you know, re regarding like mental health, you know, it was sometimes really difficult because, you know, you're away from home. Sometimes you don't have anyone that you can count uh, with because you have to like fix other stuff that is not related to uni. There's like a lot of tight deadlines. And so sometimes I struggled with that, um, especially on my MA and, uh, you know, Shauna can possibly relate as well, even though she's not foreign. So from the back to going back to the degree that you were doing, um, obviously, your tutor suggested doing graphic design. What was your uh, perception of graphic design compared to what the actual degree was like? Well, when when I was like advised to follow graphic design in my foundation, I, at first I thought, oh my God, it's going to be horrible. It's only logos. Because that was the idea that I had. That was such a limited idea. But when I went to do my degree and like even in my foundation year, but especially when I went to LCC to do my BA, it was just wonderful. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I love doing all the crazy stuff. I love doing like out of the box work. Um, I loved seeing what other people did. Everyone has such original ideas. Everyone, like, sometimes people come up with stuff that you're like, whoa, like, how did you, like, where did that come from? And so, like, yeah, I think it was just, it was just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Was, a, was that degree sort of the, the point where you decided that your favorite part was communications or did that come afterwards? Uh, yeah, it was pretty much when I began realizing the more I did projects, the more the like periods, the periods went by and I did like more projects and like there was always new briefs and new things that they were asking for. The more I realized that I like graphic design um, as a whole, because as you know, graphic design has a lot of, you know, specific areas. So I just fell in love with it as a whole. 
Okay, brilliant. Um, when I was doing my research before on you, by the way, I, I stumbled across that you were a climate change leader. Yeah, yeah. I am. How did how did that how did that come about? Uh, was that just something that you fell into, or was that something that you're passionate about? Yeah, I've been passionate about this subject since like an inconvenient truth came out back when I was a kid. I think I saw the movie for the first time, and I was very touched by it because we all live this is our home and there's a lot of scientists trying to warn people about these things and these details and data and as I move forward with like my MA um, well first in the BA I did a project on like hurricane data because I'm really passionate about that and then moving forward to my MA as we specialized I just it felt I just thought, you know, climate change is such a big area, but, you know, why don't I just try? You know, why don't I just give it a try and see what comes out of this? And then while I was doing it, the pandemic hit, and then I had the opportunity to do um, a climate leader uh, boot camp that you do for like a couple of weeks. Uh, because of the pandemic, I had the opportunity to do it because it was online. It's usually in person in the States. But it's with Al Gore. So I was like, what a like what an awesome opportunity. And also it just helped me inform my MA research a lot. So it was kind of beneficial for like, you know, it's how you say it in Portuguese. It's a two in one situation. It's good for my MA. It's good for me. It's good for my practice. So it's a win win. Yeah, why not two birds with a one stone? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you would have changed? Any more activities that you would have done? I would have probably go to myself when I was younger at uni and I would have slept myself and said, just believe in yourself and, you know, stop losing these opportunities that you get at uni. Because sometimes I was searching for my voice as a graphic designer and I did not believe in my work or myself. And I would have now gone back and be like, you know, you have ideas, you have a voice, you have something to say. So, you know go for the opportunities because we do have a lot of opportunities in UAL um, that come in like different times of your degrees. And so I would have just gone for those more often and put myself more out there. Yeah, I think that's the running theme with our our guests. They are all saying that they wish they would have taken all the chances that they were given, all of the activities, because at uni you have so much on your doorstep, literally within within walking distance, so many things to do and after that you don't really get that chance again so I think I think it's very important to to do that yeah definitely I would just say you know believe in yourself and like push yourself for those opportunities but at the same time and this is going to sound a bit of a paradox but everyone has a different timing and you can't force people to do stuff especially within design which is such a personal practice as well so kind of do stuff in your own time but also force yourself to not lose those opportunities and believe in yourself yeah that's really nice it's really nice did you have a plan at uni what you were going to do career-wise or was it sort sort of I've got my degree now and then look at the avenues you can go down I think it was very mixed because I've got I had a lot of information overload so while I was at uni especially in the early years of my BA, I've heard a lot of people saying that, you know, as a graphic designer, you either get like a job in a design agency or you're not going to make it. And so that puts a lot of pressure in you, which is exactly what I did. I just was like, I need to get like a role in an agency. But I also had interests in other uh, roles that were design wise, but out of agency because of friends that I had seen like doing things. And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. But because I was not informed, I just was like confused. And I think the pandemic was like the tipping point for that situation because I saw everyone prepping portfolios uh, and doing like all these, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I just stood there because I felt overwhelmed. I'm, I was, uh, you know, in pandemic, like UAL closed we were stuck at home. I was stuck in London, not being able to see my family for like almost two years. Uh, I got COVID as well, uh, like everyone. And I just, it was really hard to have a plan because 
you just you're so involved in all the things that you're doing. You've got like, you know, you're doing an MA, you've got all this research to do, work to deliver every week. You're taking care of your like life stuff. You don't know if tomorrow everyone's going to be closed at home and everything's going to be closed. So I didn't necessarily have a very fixed plan, even though in my dreams, I wanted to have one. So was this pressure brought about through comparison with your peers was that yeah. was that the main thing? Yeah. Was finding that first role hard? Uh, so I had had a like freelance gig while I was at uni through a like mentorship program, which was really helpful because it was a really good experience to kind of like see how things work for the first time. And that was like my first role as a graphic designer doing like a freelance gig for like with a designer working as like a you know assisting that designer and working for like UBS and Neil's drop yard as well so it was really fun and and like cool to see how that works but after I finished uni it was really difficult to find something it mm. was but I I do think if I look back it was totally because of the pandemic because it yeah. was like you know less jobs more opportunities everywhere, but less jobs and a lot of people because you had like class of like 2019, class of 2020, class of 2021. And suddenly it was just too many people everywhere. And it was much difficult to find that opportunity going on. And at that moment, a lot was happening. Yeah, like there's, there's three years of people there, isn't there? They're all trying to get that one position. Um, is there anything that you can, because I'm hoping there's not another pandemic or it's not going to come back around, I really pray. Is there <laughs> anything that you can, that can be relatable for somebody leaving uni in the creative industry now? I would just say, you know, put yourself out there as in apply for as much stuff as you can. Mm. Um, don't be scared just because, and this is something that someone had told me before and I didn't believe it, but now I firmly believe in it, which is, just apply for everything. You know, if it says like, oh, it's two years and you don't have the two years or one year and you don't have exactly those requirements, just apply for it. Because in the end of the day, someone is going to see through you and they're going to see that you're a good designer and someone has to give you your first opportunity. I, I don't know who it is, but someone has to at some point give you, because if you're a good designer, it's going to give you an opportunity at some point. So that would be the main like piece of advice I would give, which is put yourself out there. Don't be scared and just apply for as much as you can. You're going to get rejected. Don't take it personally. It sucks, but you know, it's not about you. Uh, but someone eventually is going to see through you and is going to see your like qualities as a designer. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if somebody's, because there's a lot of opinions going round about the best route of action when leaving uni some people say choose the sort of sector you want to work in target them individually try and cater your cv and your cover letters your portfolios towards that job um but on the flip side you're saying to kind of do a broad sweep of all the jobs you can find yeah, because, you know, that can work for some people, but everyone is different. And sometimes you're not 100% sure what you want to do. You don't know if you want to work with Apple. You don't know if you want to work with, like, big companies. But you want to do something. You want to have an experience, but you don't necessarily have a plan. So just apply for it, because sometimes by narrowing yourself down, you're narrowing yourself down to opportunities that can be really good to you and that you wouldn't even know they would be good. And that's why I keep telling people just apply for things because you can surprise yourself and people can surprise you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Was there, was there anything during that process? So you apply for these jobs. Was there anything that halfway through you thought actually this works better to get the job or at least get the interview? Was there any kind of things there which helped you out? Well, I did notice that the like your soft skills are as important as your like hard skills. So it's good to have like UAL on my CV. Oh, I did this like degree here or I have this experience, but it's as important to be communicative and like to talk to people 
and to just treat them as human beings because that's what they are. They've been in your position as well. And I know this sounds like advice that everyone says from time to time. You hear big names of the industry saying this, but it's true. Like every time I had an interview, people just were talking to you. Like it's not, it's an interview, but especially in design, that's the idea that I get from my experience. People are normal. People talk to you normally. So just communicate. They want to know that you communicate, you know how to express yourself, you know how to, you know, explain a process, you know how to talk to people and to say when something's wrong and when something's right. And so I would just say that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that being able to communicate and because people hire people at the end of the day, like if it, if it comes down to two people, one person is got their portfolio down to a T and then the next person comes in and their portfolio is not as good, but they are more personable. And like you say, have softer skills, soft skills like um, communication. That's that does wonders for them um, to gain those soft skills. Was that something that just came about? You just had naturally or was there any thing that you did to make these soft skills better? I do think I'm naturally someone who talks a lot. As you can see from this podcast, I thought that, that is great for a podcast guest. Honestly, uh, <laughs> so I don't think I, I, I was, I had like my fears. I thought maybe I'm going to say something wrong, but you just kind of have to um, take that mask off and just, you know, open yourself to that. Of course, you're not going to, you know, oh, yesterday I went to my grandmother's house. But you can just talk and just be honest and just, you know, this is my work. This is what I'm passionate about. And so I think even I have a lot of friends who are designers and who are people who are more shy than I am. But, you know, even those people, you just kind of talk, talk like you talk with your friends. You know, you just kind of it's that whole like picture the audience naked thing, but just picture the other person's a person like a friend, you know, yeah. That helps a lot because everyone gets nervous, even myself. Definitely, yeah, because it because it breaks down the the stage of being like you're employing me. I need to be perfect because that's that's not no one's perfect at, at the end of the day. If you're trying to pretend to be somebody that you're not, that will catch up to you in the job in later time because you you would be expected to be this person, even though yep. that's not that's not who you are. So, yeah, no, I, I completely agree about uh, just being yourself, really. So you've got your first job. Uh, where where was this first job? So my first job was that freelance gig. Okay, that yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, that was like the first one I did. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I had a, after I finished my master's degree, I had a huge burnout. That had never happened to me before. And that was a very intense experience. And so for a bit, I did some like short freelance jobs after I finished my uni degree, my MA, but I just, I just had to like have a pause from design. So I went to work as a librarian technician at like, um, like Central St. Martin's from UAL. So I worked there for a couple of months. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you mind talking about the burnout? Because I, I'm sure loads of creatives um experience it just is that is that okay to touch upon yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um just I, I just want to understand how you really dealt with it because I'm sure so many people experience burnout and I'm sure it'd be interesting for them and useful to see how other people deal with it yeah so I think like the MA was really intense doing an MA is really intense doing a short MA which is what I classify the MA that me and Shauna did mm -hmm. is also really intense yeah. now doing it in a pandemic it's like doing an ma on steroids that's what i usually <laughs> it's a lot and it's you have to be pushing a lot because in an ma you have to do more critical thinking in terms of design when i got to the end of it i just i didn't have any ideas i'm usually someone with loads of ideas but i just didn't have anything it was like the tap was like closed and I tried, I tried and I couldn't. And I felt pressured because I was trying to like refurbish my portfolio. I just felt like I, I physically couldn't deal with it. Like I had headaches all the time. My body ached and 
I just didn't feel creative at all for like that whole year after we finished like our MA in like March, 2021. And I just felt like, well, in that moment, I even questioned if, you know, am I going to be a good designer? What is happening? Do I have the capabilities to move forward? And I think the way I dealt with it was going with the flow, not pushing myself too much. If you don't have ideas, you don't have to be pushing yourself. It's maybe it doesn't fit for everyone, but you shouldn't be pushing yourself and, you know, just feel what you're feeling. I was feeling really sad at that moment. I felt like lost. I was like, I just came to the UK. I took like all these degrees and now I don't know where to go. I don't feel, I didn't feel supported by the university. I didn't feel supported by anything. And suddenly I was shocked to deal with such a complicated reality that I had to deal and that, you know, everyone has to deal when leaving uni and it was really difficult. So I just, I felt my emotions. I went with the flow kind of ish and at some point I just got my like mojo back and I was like slowly day by day, it's kind of like recovering from like, you know, a physical incident. You get your like ideas by, in my case, I get my ideas by exposing myself to environments, you know, seeing people in the street, just kind of, and that just helped me go and do stuff that you like and don't, don't immerse yourself too much in the burnout because the more you immerse yourself in it and the more you're pushing yourself, the more you're hurting yourself, I would say. Mm, definitely. It's, it's, it's a very unique skill to be able to clock that you are feeling that way and to be able to take a step back, especially in the position that you were in, that you just finished your degree. And you mentioned earlier about the pressure of the people around you that are getting jobs. And then to be able to take a step back and realize that in order to almost be creative again and follow the route that you're trying to get down, you did need to take a step back and take your foot off the gas almost. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned freelance that you, that your first job was freelance. It's really interesting to ask your first sort of freelance job, if you don't mind saying, how much did you actually charge? I actually had no idea what I was getting into. I have heard back then from some like colleagues how they charged and what they charged, but I had no idea. Um, I ended up being really lucky because the person that was like paying me, like the designer that I was working with, was really fair and he kind of explained you know, how things were and kind of led me to that process. But I had no idea, but I know that's not how you should usually like make your situation fair as a freelancer. But back then I was like clueless. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. That was a whole new thing for me. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Cause I guess being a freelancer is you're kind of just on your own really, aren't you? Like you're, expects to handle the business side, sort out your own prices. So I bet that's quite tricky. Um, so what happened next after would you work for Netscast, Brooklyn Netscast? Is that is that correct on yeah. the social media side? Because that's really interesting to me because I I handle so social media accounts. So as a designer, what was your sort of approach to the social media management side? So the way I like got that job was I follow, I'm a huge like NBA basketball fan. And while I was like recovering from burnout and I was like getting myself on track, I just began doing a lot of like free time, personal projects, like passion projects. And some of them were interesting to me because I just, I had realized how the Lakers were like, hiring designers to kind of refurbish their social media. And I thought all these designers are using, you know, basic graphic design, typographic rules, and they're implementing new things that people until now haven't implementing in basketball. So if you know, if you notice like NBA, like has a huge following and like huge fandom base and each team has like huge following on Instagram as well. 
And so I think by that point, I just did one of my favorite teams is Oklahoma City Tender. And I did like a full project where I refurbished their like social media. I did what I thought like made sense. And back then, the Brooklyn Netcast, which is one of the largest fan bases on Twitter, they were looking for someone for their Instagram. And I thought, you know, why not? Um, they were young, like they're a young group and I just like DM them and talk to them and show them what I had in mind. And they just liked me and that's how it happened. And like, I had never dealt with social media management before, but I thought as a graphic designer is really interesting because you can see the difference that like, what's the difference that designing something as a graphic designer makes in that environment. Yeah. Definitely. It's it's always nice to hear that somebody who pursues their passions, it pans out to actually being a job. That's that's really nice. There's also so much to say about shooting your shot, if you pardon the pun, but um, just actually like meshing them, DMing them and being like, look, I'm here. I thought, you know, I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah 100%. And then, so you moved from, correct me if I'm wrong, but you moved from uh, the Brooklyn Nets cast over to your job now? At the, yeah. the, is it Alvier? Is that how you pronounce it? It's Alvier. Alvier. I, completely, yeah. I got that completely wrong. But yeah, it's okay. Alvier. <laughs> yeah, I moved from the from Brooklyn Nets cast, in which I worked for like a couple of like good months to Alvier, like straight in. Yeah. So that's that's a completely different sort of sector. Is that is that something that are you passionate about the finance sector or was the job just you you enjoyed the job vacancy or Yeah, I I wasn't looking for like a specific job in finance. I was interested in experimenting working in a startup because of a dear friend that I have who works as a product designer and who who had worked for many years in a startup and I thought, you know, the way she described things even though I'm not a product designer, it was really interesting and fast-paced which I thought that seems like the type of thing that would fit me because I love doing new things all the time and you can be working on this today and that tomorrow and I thought that just seems like me a lot. When I applied for it, I just applied like I said before, I applied for a lot of a lot of things and I had a lot of I had gotten like other job offers, but in that moment that was the job that I thought was the best. It was the coolest. It was the one in, in which people were more transparent, which is also something that I would say is like important advice. It's also how a job fits you and if people are being honest with you and if you feel like you mesh well with them. And people were also good designers and it was just really good. So that's how like I transition. I didn't have much experience in finance, but what I think is really interesting as a graphic designer, and that's how I, I like move my practice forward, is in what ways can graphic design impact different areas? And that's what you kind of do in an agency, right? Because you get mm -hmm. different clients, but, you know, working in different small hubs, you can kind of see, for, for me at least, I can kind of see what impact does graphic design have in those places. And this particular uh, place where I'm working right now, Alvier, is in a really cool, like, place right now. Like, you know, embedded finance is really cool. It's growing and it's it's exploding and it's revolutionizing how you look at finance. And so I thought, you know, how can I, as a graphic designer, have an impact here and how can I help them and how can their brand move forward? So yeah, that was how I got into yeah. that. Okay. That's, that's nice. So um, moving from, because you were freelance beforehand, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, which are thinking of going either freelance or agency side. So it'd be really interesting to kind of see the similarities and the differences and what to expect really going agency side, uh, in-house side, I mean. Yeah. Well, I think it gives you more stability for starters because freelance is hard you know no mm. one's trying to like trick anyone into saying you know freelance is like perfect land 
Uh, also, it's kind of like you work with other people, which as a junior designer, which is what I am, is a wonderful opportunity to grow and to understand how things work, which I think is really important when you start your career as a graphic designer. I also think it's got strict, not, I wouldn't say I don't have a strict, strict schedule, but I would say like, it's, it's got like a schedule, which as a freelancer you do, but it's kind of more, you know, mm. your own thing. Yeah. Um, and I would say that the biggest thing for me is working as a team. And if you've got a good team, then the work is awesome. And you like you share your own experience, but people also give you a lot of their own experience, which is what makes working in in-house so special for me and something that I like so much. Yeah, I guess working in a in a team compared to being an individual in a freelance, there's I'm sure I'm not a freelance, but I'm sure there's there's times where you simply just just don't know. But having people around you uh, that you can ask questions, I feel like it's really really important. Um, so being, cause I'm sure at uni being a creative, you have, um, there's time and the materials to fulfill your creative capabilities and your passions. Is that still something that, uh, you do in your in-house job? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's different from what I did in university, especially because I did a lot of work that was definitely not commercial and that was very experimental. And now I'm doing what I find and what people find commercial work. Mm -hmm. But I think commercial work don't have to be, it doesn't have to be boring. And I happen, I just so it happens that I'm really lucky that the brand that I'm working with visually is really interesting. And there's a lot of nice stuff to work with. So I do think I learn new stuff every day and every day, like, I keep on doing new things and like experimenting, experimenting and experimental stuff in its own way, its own commercial way. Yeah. That's really interesting that you touched on the commercial side there because I've, because at uni, personally for me, I don't feel like there's enough support on the commercial side of um, the degree. So is there anything that you can tell the young creatives about actually learning to be commercial because that's that's pretty important when you're trying to get a job after uni i do think that in my experience like we got pushed a lot to do in my ba because ma is a bit different we got pushed a lot to do commercial work mm -hmm. i think a lot of my peers did a lot of really awesome like commercial work I wasn't one of those examples because back then I was very, I was very confused about commercial work. I thought it could be very boring, which is not true now. I don't feel the same way, but back then I was like, oh, it just seems so boring to do like a logo and just, mm -hmm. uh, I want to do something different. Um, but yeah, I would say if you want to learn more about commercial work, talk to your tutors, be honest, but of course with the tutors that you feel more close with, whatever you feel more comfortable with, talk with colleagues as well. Watch a lot of talks like universities usually, I mean, at least mine, in my experience, they provide a lot of talks like Eddie Opara came to our university in my first BA year. And try and see if they've got like mentorship programs as well, which is good to kind of um, put yourself in a place with someone that is, you know, very uh, has like expertise in that. And just keep on trying to learn stuff on the Internet and like, you know, connect with people doing that whole network thing, which for me was horrible as well. I hated it back then. And yeah, just try and get as much as information as you can. So you're prepared and learn. But of course, I, I also believe that you only learn on the job. So you, you're only going to learn the rest of the whole like commercial work thing when you actually go to work and you do it. But you can always be prepared, of course. Yeah, definitely. That's the beauty of the internet. Any problem that you have, somebody's already wrote about it. So yeah. you can always dive into that for sure. So kind of summarizing um what we've talked about really and trying to get like an end um sort of highlight if you will 
Um, what would you recommend to new people starting out who are looking to work in-house as a creative? Any Anything to be prepared for? You kind of need to be prepared for a lot of things and be open to receive feedback. That's really important because you're going to get a lot of feedback. Be open to talk ideas and to, you know, listening to like, listen to new things. Also be prepared for things that move around really quickly. I think that's the same with agencies. I don't have that experience, but I believe a lot is happening at the same time. Also having the ability to kind of distance yourself a little sometimes to kind of see everything and organize yourself and not get overwhelmed or not like cross your own like limits so that you don't get like burned out or, you know, anything like that. And I would just say, have fun. That's so important. I like, I would have probably said in, in like a couple of my meetings in certain projects that I'm doing, you know, I'm having so much fun because if you're not having fun, then why are you doing this job? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's, that's the common theme with uh, creative is that they're all passionate about what they're doing because they are a, a creative person. You may have covered it uh, in what you just said there, but I'm going to put, put you on the spot that we like to find golden nuggets in the podcast that we put out. So could you give like one piece of advice for creative as a whole, like industry for uni students, for people that have just graduated? Try and find your voice. That's important. So you can find your like kind of comfort zone, then break from your comfort zone and try and like explore new things. Trust your own voice and your own instinct, because if you came to the path of being a graphic designer, that happens for a reason. You have a voice, you have things to say, believe in what you have to say and, and stick through it. Um, don't give up. Sometimes it gets really hard, but just don't give up on it. You're here for a reason. Mm, I think like stay true to yourself. Don't give up. Go for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, lovely. I mean, complacency is a, is a killer, 100%. So yeah, they're all my questions, Rita. Thank you so much. I'm going to open the floor to these two beside me if they have any questions. For me, I'm interested in your work on a university course, especially like the one that we were on. It's very research-based. So it's more about exploring a question that you have, looking at it through quite experimental ways, and then not necessarily coming to an outcome, but just looking at looking at a question. But obviously, when you move into a commercial world, there has to be an answer sometimes. You can't submit a client work that's not finished or isn't resolved. So I think for me, the main question is, how do you, how did you find that transition from graduating from the undergrad into the master's and then moving into a commercial world? I think it's a very interesting transition. For me, it's something new, which is always fun and interesting. I don't really like to be stuck in the same place, even within design. Uh, so it, the transition worked fine for me. I would say, of course, in commercial work, things seem a bit more rigid than like in experimental work like I did in university. Everyone that works as a graphic designer in what I've experienced, people are not doing things just because they're pretty. People have concepts. And so some of the things, some of the like methodologies that I used in university and the critical thinking, they're still there. They're just specified towards finding something like a solution. And I quite like finding a solution. I quite like what I like more now that I didn't have at university is that my work, people in my company and people outside of my company see the work. And I quite like having people's feedback and reactions and always trying to use that to improve. So for me, it wasn't as bad. At first, I thought it would be, I when I was still in uni, I thought, oh no, how am I going to survive that commercial work? But now doing it, I think it's fun. I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. And you actually get to do stuff for the real world, which is like the coolest thing. Yeah, def and there's definitely those like huge differences. But if you can really identify those key research methods that you use and that you like and that are valuable, then you'll, you'll be flying. I think my, my last question is, when you said you were at uni 
and you thought the perception of success was working at a design agency. Why do you think you thought that was? And how has how has that been finding a job? Did that add extra pressure for you? I think that happened because, and I recall this very well, the first week of like my BA, a tutor just turned to us and said, you know, the goal is to work at companies like Pentagram, like big design agencies. And if you don't do that, then, you know, you're not going to be very successful at design. And I think because I didn't have experience at graphic design, I just thought, oh no, that's, you know, it sounds really difficult to get that thing at Pentagram. It sounds like not everyone can get it. And you just add that pressure to yourself. It starts when someone says something and you just add it to yourself. And I think when we were doing the MA, we got the opportunity to do something called the reciprocal studio, which is when like outside practitioners come to us. And I did something with, I don't recall their name now, but they're really cool. And we went to like a co-op called Outlandish. And that was the first time, I think after all those years that I thought there's some really cool people working out there. They're not doing design agency. They're doing other stuff, but they're having an impact in the world and design and everything. And, you know, maybe success is not what I thought success would be. And I think you also redefine that to yourself every single day because success is different to all of us. And you, as you grow as a designer and as you get old as well, design, like success in design also gets like different. And so I think that ended up changing for me. And I'm glad it did because the pressure that you end up putting in yourself is just not healthy and it's not going to contribute to being the best version of yourself as a designer, I think. That's a crazy amount of pressure to on your very first day for someone to say that success is working at Pentagram because that's very, very, very slim chance for most of us in this industry. I mean, going off of that, just talking to people, like you said, if you go to a workshop and you really like someone that's leading it or you meet someone along the way, don't be afraid to reach out to them and ask how they've succeeded in their industry. And there's, there's so many possibilities that you can work in, in design. So when you were uh, on your master's and you were doing the climate change leadership, where, where did you find those resources? So how were you made aware of the, not only that, but also the mentorship scheme? Well, the mentorship scheme was through like LCC. I think I received some sort of email back. I, I actually, no, it wasn't like that, actually. I had a friend who was doing photography and she had done it in the BA and I didn't know that was a thing. She told me and I went kind of trying to look through the emails to see. And I think it was like beginning of January 2020 that that opened for like MA students. So I just took in the opportunity. But I think university kind of informs you if you keep an eye for it. Uh, the leadership, it was different. It was completely outside of uni. I just followed a lot of uh, climate accounts, including Al Gore's account and all that stuff. And because we were doing such big research and we got desperate in that point where I think you recall we were in the same hub. Um, we just got so desperate that I was looking everywhere and I just happened to, to find that they were doing the leadership online and anyone in the world could apply for it. So I just went for it. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to just grab any opportunity that you can. Like you said earlier, don't feel like you might not get it or you may not have enough experience to do it or you might not have the right skill set to do it. It's just if you're interested in it and you think it's something that you'd want to do, there's no harm in just throwing your hat in the ring. I want to go back to something you mentioned um, a while ago. So you mentioned after your master's, you kind of experienced a bit of an extreme burnout. Yeah. You mentioned that you went to work in a library for a couple of months. Yeah. Um, with unis just finishing, I imagine there's going to be some students that are probably feeling that way as well, just a little bit tapped out, exhausted. Um, what would you say to someone in that situation? Like, what, what helped you aside from just, was it just moving away from design entirely to just get, to just uh, get over the burnout stage? I mean, I did try back in that moment because, you know, of course I wanted to find a design job, but the more I tried, the more I felt like I couldn't do it. And you're kind of like, 
pressuring yourself so much. And the more you pressure, the less ideas you're going to get, because in that moment, your body cannot you know, you you cannot pressure yourself more because bodies also have limits. Your head has limits. And I just had to um, kind of be kind to myself and look back and, and, and just be like, you're doing the best you can. Even though back then I was really hard on myself. I was like, you know, comparing myself to peers because people were getting jobs. And I just thought, you know, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But I wasn't. And that's fine. Everyone has a different path within design and life, you know. And so what I would say is, you know, do your own thing. You don't have to be like other people. If you're feeling burned out, you just feel the burnout. If you have, and then, of course, I distance myself from design, but not everyone works like that. But if you feel like that's what you need to get back on track, just do it. Go and get influenced by other things, by other, you know, I was working in the library that made me rekindle like some of my early design passions that I had because I, you know, I was exposed to all these books and all these like people that were doing uni and that, you know, were feeling what I felt and what you guys probably felt when you were like in the early years of uni, you know, that excitement, the new project. By being like, you know, exposed to all of that slowly, really slowly, like day by day, I began because I felt like in that particular moment after I finished my MA, I was really upset, you know, pandemic, like didn't feel like uni was supporting us. There had been a lot. And I felt like in that moment, my passion, it didn't die, but it kind of like I, I didn't feel as passionate as I'm usually as I usually am. and so. If you feel like you have to expose yourself to different things, you expose yourself to different things. The important thing is that you just keep going and you just do it and you just trust your own passion, I think. Compare yourself and I kind of treat it as a competition, but it's probably not healthy to approach it that way. Um, luckily, I didn't get massively burned out, so I could still kind of focus on stuff like that. But I guess, yeah, there's nothing wrong with going at your own pace. It, it will all work out in the end. Doesn't matter if you get if it takes one month or it takes a year, you'll get there. Hang in there. Yeah, I, I think people get so stuck within design, thinking that we're all competing against each other, when that's not the truth. We're just trying to communicate things to the to the world and helping facilitate that communication. So we all should be supporting of each other instead of being in like feeling like you need to compare yourself and bring yourself down. And I think that's really important because we're all working towards something great, which is visually communicating things that our clients or other people don't possess that skill. And so that's really cool and important and people should be supportive of each other. Completely agree. Thank you very much. Yeah. So Rita, that's all of our questions there. Um, is there anything that you want to ask us? I don't have any questions. I just wanted to say thank you for doing this. I think it's quite important for young designers to have stuff like this to kind of help them guide through this crazy journey that is being a graphic designer. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for having this and thank you for inviting me in as well. No, thank you. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of knowledge shared there that I know that so many young creators will be able to take and uh, move forwards um so yeah so we'll put all your socials in the descriptions um all of that good stuff all the resources that we've mentioned um so yeah thank you ria